All rights were gained before this podcast production. The following is a monologue that sadly is mostly true. Taking a break from doing Vatican stuff, which I guess consists of playing Xbox or something, or nowadays is mostly traveling speeches in every country in the world, similar yet 100% different to what every single influencer wants to do, which for most influencers ends up consisting of only working a Starbucks part-time job before quitting that part-time job to watch anime, the Vatican's leader of Rome, Pope Francis, has decided to bring in an LGBTQ plus diversity specialist because it would make the Episcopalians happy, the Unitarians happy, the United Methodists happy, who recently lost over half of their denominational support in a matter of less than a year and a half, and all of those who don't go to church happy, who are all 100% not Catholic, because that makes sense. Apparently this is due to Francis being the first pope to actually want to take up on his offer to go against the fictional criminalization of homosexuality in America, which isn't what really anybody advocates for at all, just to get that through people's minds, that no one at all advocates for the criminalization of homosexuality to actually take place, and make do on his offer to allow same-sex couples to be welcomed around the Vatican quarters, and even be potentially employed there, which is something that hasn't happened since apparently the earlier periods of the history of the Vatican, where it was rumored to historically have happened among multiple historical individuals, and perhaps even a pope of history. You know, because the Unitarians, Episcopalians, and United Methodists, and people who don't go to church want it to happen, which on the United Methodist side of things, lost over half of their denomination support in less than a year and a half, who aren't Catholic, because that makes sense. Which makes the majority of the world ask the question, as to when the Unitarians, Episcopalians, and United Methodists make do on their idea they haven't come up with yet, to elect their own Pope to copy the Vatican, mostly because it's historically against basically everything they do structure-wise, but also because making their own Pope would take a long, short, long time while they try to figure out which holy hair color that the Unitarian, Episcopalian, non-Catholic, United Methodist Pope would use, which might be a mixture of blonde, green, blue, and gray, and purple hair color, which would end up making his hairstyle look like a strange Barney the Purple Dinosaur party clown as a hairstyle, which I guess would thoroughly represent very much all of those denominations at once, which is how I'm going to describe those three quote-unquote denominations, since I don't know how many times I can keep saying those three back-to-back-to-back like that in a row before having a conniption. Anyways, the Reverend James Martin, who's quoted by the Associated Press as taking up the offer to arrive at the Vatican, in which he did arrive at the Vatican and and accept a seat at the Higher Council of the, quote, what should your new hair color be, question mark, council, unquote, that hopefully won't become another type of a more biblical mark anytime soon, but also might, as he accepted the seated position right next to an open microphone, like someone who kind of, I guess, goes there one time and one time only, standing right across from Kanye West, Katy Perry, the cartoon version of the Pope from American Dad from the Golden Turd episodes, and Little Nas X, who was wearing his normal demon outfit, that he usually wears after waking up in the morning and accepting awards around 7.30 a.m. in front of a live audience of mostly robot-human hybrids that clap every time he puts on a new demon outfit, in which normally consists of about every 30 seconds of every day of every hour, while every early morning show host asks which demon it is, which might be the quickest costume change ever done in Hollywood and the most unwanted question ever asked. 
Unless, of course, you're Disney wanting to base the costume off onto every single show to keep conspiracy theorists and every child up at night, since they will most likely need a priest to come to their house after they watch the show, just not the type of priest recently welcomed to the Vatican last Thursday, due to the fact that they might just simply like the practices. The meeting is said to consist of priests, bishops, nuns, the nuns from the LA Dodgers game, six pride parades, and lay people, who I guess mostly went to the pride parades and the Dodgers game on the way home after mass, which is said to take place this coming October because of Follows Eve and Lil Nas X's demon costume, which he'll be intending in, which he might also bring more costumes over so the Episcopalians, Unitarians, and United Methodists, who lost over half of their denominational support in less than a year and a half, can wear them so that they don't feel left out anymore for trying to masquerade as Christians. Recently, there's also been an insane issue going on in Florida as well as other states, as the Jerusalem Post reports, Orthodox Jews in a blue wave of fictional proportions are all banding together for abortion rights that both aren't in the Constitution and are clearly stated in the Bible, at least in the parts where ancient Israel takes part in Canaanite and Moabite paganism, which is what they were commanded to do if you overlook the Bible in its entirety and might also have forgotten how to read spontaneously after reading the words in the beginning, which quite frankly for some people is too much work, but not as much work as protesting abortion bans that are commanded by the Bible, which they aren't. When you spontaneously forget how to read after reading the words, thou shalt not kill, after seeing the words, you shall not do as the pagans do, which also at the same time happens at the same time of seeing how ridiculous the United Methodist Pope looks in his new purple wig. The Orthodox Jews responded to everyone who stated that such a viewpoint cannot be biblical by simply saying that, quote, and this is an actual acclaimed quote, I'm not making this up, quote, Judaism has never defined the beginning of life to be at conception, unquote. Since God spoke things into existence before having people be blessed with reproductive capabilities, why spontaneously ignoring the phrases do not kill and in the beginning, and the phrase you shall not do as the pagans do, which means most, most Orthodox Jews believe that life doesn't begin at conception, at least when you're just returning from a pride parade, of which these individuals also said was biblical, after reading the phrase pride comes before a fall, before ignoring it too which they interpreted to actually mean falling over because you didn't double tie your homosexual converse sneakers that all God's people had in back in the biblical days after Adam and Eve committed the first sins in which they claimed God said were good. Disney has also decided to make another new show coming for your television entitled Let's Make Something Horrifically Demonic Again and say it's for adults that will watch it with their kids and see if they notice because it says it's for adults to watch with their kids, unquote. And the titled words of Praise Petey, because Petey might be the creator of the Illuminati right next to the demon that Little Nas X worships all the time, and because Petey is the most unholy form of the name Pete. Of course, we can be thankful that the creator, Mike Judge, who also created King of the Hill, is super conservative and Republican, while also acting like a Democrat in all the shows that he creates while also possibly being the demon that Little Nas X worships all the time. Trigger warning, this is the cult-exclusive podcast show.
everyone. So if you haven't already noticed before I mentioned it a couple times, it's completely and obviously a step in the wrong direction for the Pope to do this in the Vatican. And a complete obvious wrong direction for the Vatican to go as it is completely non-traditional. For one, and of course, people that are on the homosexual side of the political argumentation tend to really not enjoy this argument because once it's raised, they cannot avoid the standards and the spiritual aspects that are set in place. But the choice of Pope Francis to decide on having a diversity specialist in the Vatican and really quite honored at the Vatican also is truly the direct opposite of what the biblical standard is and what the Vatican standard has been in the past. Now before I get into the story in more detail and get into my take and really the traditional take on the whole situation, I will allow for the benefit of the doubt and really to show exactly what the liberal scholars of theology say in these argumentations and I'll actually look at them and just see exactly when and how they fall short. So one first homosexual argumentation here is this. Number one, Jesus never said the word homosexual or used it, and he isn't recorded to have ever preached on it. Now, as a response for this, for the most part, people on the political left and those who are not attained to any main religion, but just tend to go here and there with the gust of wind for some reason, most often... Most of the time, people will not actually say they trust the Bible in any way who actually acclaim this viewpoint. I would state that they are the first people to assume that it is a strong argument. However, what about the claim of, quote, now Jesus did many things with many signs and wonders, and if they were all recorded in the books, they could not fill the whole entire world, unquote, from the Gospels. Wouldn't that technically undo this claim? and state that there has to be a sermon or a talk on homosexuality somewhere out there in biblical history, in the multitude of the time, Jesus is not actually being respected, and Jesus is not actually being accepted. In fact, the most important sermons that he does are neglected the whole entire time, as we see today. Now, argument number two, and this, of course, is a claim from hr.org, which stands for Human Rights Campaign, which is obviously leftism. It says, People who were taught to believe that homosexuality is wrong in the church were, quote, always taught an unbiased interpretation of the relevant passages, and two, a core belief that sex differentiation is an indispensable part of Christian marriage, the latter being the tremendous importance because, according to the New Testament, marriage is a primary symbol of the love between God and his beloved bride, the church. To them, same-sex couples, and in quotations, single people for that matter, are uniquely excluded from this symbol on the basis of a failure to perform one or more dimensions of the often vague category referred to as, quote, gender complementary, unquote. So, well, no, that is not a vague category, first off, and to say that it is a vague category is a completely theological fallacy, but while gender complementary is indeed rooted in the passages, as we're continuing here, this isn't my quote, this is the, the quote continuing, while gender complementary is indeed rooted in the passages from Genesis 1 and 2, it is worth noting that these stories say God began by creating human beings of male and female sex, but then there is nothing that indicates in Scripture that God created only this binary, unquote. All right, so now I'm going to get into it, because I, I, I forgot for some reason that I put those quotes together. But anyway, so first off here, no, single people should not be in that category, and they should not be thrown out like that. No single people are not to be in line with the sim are, are not to be 
in the line that they do not belong in the symbol of God receiving his bride. As a matter of fact, they do. Paul was single, Jesus was single, Titus was single, and due to that fact, that obviously has to be false. So being on the recollection that Jesus was single, based on that viewpoint and perspective, suddenly Jesus cannot be part of the Trinity anymore? Is that what you're saying? Like that's obviously an obvious heresy. And what about the part where Paul says it's better for people to be single and to serve God only, but of course, if he gets married, that's okay too. And of course, that's coming from a message translation, but anyhow, that's still the full entire purpose of what Paul's saying there. But that's beside the point. This article is almost as bad as Vice articles. But anyway, all of those attributes that lead people to believe that single people do not belong in the church, that essentially means that you might as well not go to church because the amount of people, the percentage of people that are single is disastrously high. And I say disastrously high because I don't really like singleness myself. But it makes absolutely no sense to say that single people are not in line with Jesus receiving his bride, symbolically. As a matter of fact, they're only pushing this because they want an unbiblical marriage to suddenly be a biblical marriage. On the second part, this is claimed by people on the other side of the argument too, no, the them quote-unquote part in that phrase refers to two of them being male and female separately, not that one can be the other biblically. This is the most common issue every single time because they are known for a fact that if you, or it is known for a fact that if you change a word by what it means in a reference to the whole, then you can change the whole as a result. And of course, that's what they're doing here, as stated before, trying to make the marriage in a biblical structure suddenly be an acceptable, quote unquote, unbiblical structure of that structure. And this, moreover, would, of course, cause John Calvin to basically come back with the rest of the Reformers and write a whole another 100 books on just this section of Broken Theology, explaining that Paul did not at all mean that the homosexual marriages are acceptable. And it's important, though, that they brought up the first part about, you know, the in the beginning between Adam and Eve and all of them you know, trying to explain this completely misrepresented form of the whole binary situation. It's good that they said that because it exposes them. Because if you're actually looking at it from the actual Middle Eastern perspective, then their perspective doesn't make sense. Because Muslims don't accept their perspective, and neither do Catholics. So as a result, how can Christians suddenly accept it? Now, with the full story and details from CBS News, Reverend James Martin, who has long advocated for the inclusion of LGBTQ plus people in the Catholic Church, of course will be among those in the high-profile gathering. Ahead of the gathering known as a Synod, there was an unprecedented canvassing of Catholics worldwide, which found that the faithful want to see concrete steps to promote women to decision-making points, as well as a radical inclusion, quote-unquote, of the LGBTQ plus community in the Church. Now, um, so, uh, no, this is wrong, but what? Unpre unpre 
unprecedented. What the? <sighs> Why do I do this all the time? Unprecedented canvassing. I found that unfaithful want to see this. But, like, so on the basis of that, it's essentially just the United Methodist Churches wanting to see that that haven't sided with the global United Methodists. Uh, how does that make sense? Again, they're not Catholic. And by the way, have you talked to a stout Catholic adult about this? Have you actually done that? Have you talked to a 50, 60, 70, or 80 year plus year old who is a stout Catholic and mentioned to them, what do you think about this type of scenario? Because they don't want to do that. As soon as they do that, they're going to understand and realize that absolutely no stout Catholic at all would ever adhere to that. You can't make stout Catholics really have the time to do anything, which is the whole joke related to, oh, you're a stout Catholic. Now, that's what non-believers tend to say. You know, when, you're, when, you're, when you were dating that girl in high school and you're not Catholic, you're dating her and you go to their house... Or, or you go to her house and you see that her parents are stout Catholics. That was basically a red flag for non-Catholics to think that you know they're not going to get away with anything in that relationship. Like the stout Catholic parents are going to be on their ass the whole time and they're going to know absolutely everything going on. And as a result, these political people on the left are not, they're just completely fabricating that. There's absolutely no broad span no broad span research done in this way in any way. No Catholic would agree with this, and they are 100% picking that out of the air. The only reason why they're saying this is primarily because this is the most liberal view possible, and they want to change the Catholic Church to this liberal view. Absolutely no one at all that is, you know, the said quote unquote stout Catholic who has a statue posted outside of their front door of St. Mary would ever advocate for this type of perspective. And really, this is one of the most annoying false advances of the left, and the most annoying one for anybody in general, especially when you're not on the left. When you seriously say that one extremely false notion, such as homosexuality being accepted by Catholics, is right, you say that notion, and then you just make up studies, or you just make up stuff out of the out of the blue and you just say yeah everyone agrees everyone agrees you just take that completely out of nowhere and you say everyone agrees with it when half the time people who agree with it aren't even Catholic or they aren't even within that majority group that would have to choose between one of the two they would have to choose between one or the other that's what the political left has been doing for forever really They'll say anything and everything possible that goes against the culture of someone else's religious environment or movement, and they want that changed. And they want to thus undermine the whole traditional aspect of the religion, making it different from what it was before, and it's completely ludicrous. ludicrous. This is the same thing that we saw two weeks ago with the Minnesota cult church combining Greek or Roman paganism and occultism with LGBTQ plus politics in combination with the most absurd Bible scholarship of all time, and simply calling it church and calling it the Bible, and yet not connecting any biblical aspect to it at all, but completely 
dysfunctionalizing it and misconstruing it with absurd theology. First, it's it's this whole non-binary Godhead heresy that completely discombobulates everyone. And this has been accepted in the United Methodist Church. I think it might actually move into the Free Methodist Church, and then from there, it could even more so move into the actual Catholic Vatican. And of course, then, everything will basically just go to hell. Like for one, at the Catholic Vatican, first it's going to be this non-binary Godhead heresy. Then it's going to be homosexuality and a combination with, I don't know, someone in a BDSM bunny outfit and spandex becoming a cardinal. It'll just keep continuing to go and go and go and go and go in the completely opposite direction. Now, now when it says that Pope Francis said that women are going to be in a higher position of the church authority. Well, no, I don't think so. And if that does actually happen, it's going to be worse off. Not because I think women can't be pastors. I think they can be pastors, but I don't exactly think that they should be priests. Because priests should be restricted to males in particular, since that's the base of the tradition. But on the other hand, women need to be taught in the Catholic Church that they do in fact have the Christ-centered, God-gifted, and God-breathed ability to drive out evil spirits and demons, since God gives that and dispenses those gifts to everyone who actually wants to follow him. And of course, people on the left and those who are more libertarian than I am will disagree and get upset at this type of perspective, but... If you consider joining up with the said group to an extent that to an extent accepts you and does not all critique you in any type of way, it will cause you to believe that you are one of them. And that's truly how people are indoctrinated into, say, Scientology or the Jehovah's Witnesses. And it's this way that the broken doctrine overwhelms biblical doctrine, or humanist doctrine, therefore, overwhelms biblical humble doctrine. Any type of literal thought, thing, or attribution that is suddenly accepted by the mainstream media outlets in certain groups can easily reassess the way people think about things and of course that's the point and if the Vatican actually takes up on this offer to say make women priests they'll be more likely to be able to sneak abortion into the Vatican due to the whole political attribute of women wanting to do whatever they want with their whole body and that whole entire, that whole entire thing it only takes one pope to declare homosexuality godly, and it takes only one pope to allow all this homosexuality into the Vatican. And as I said before, it's only a matter of time before free Methodists could possibly be affected, unless we tend to counsel people more than accepting actions that need counsel, according to certain tradition and according to basic family structure within church theology. At the same time, I hope that all people on the left come to see the correct biblical discerning factors. So for about the 10th consecutive time in a year and a half, Disney and Disney Plus, Disney and Disney Plus, who both used to be a tender-hearted cartoon masterpiece, Empire, but are now basically a statue of Baal holding a statue of Bamat held by Mickey Mouse, 
has chosen to create another classic for the younger generations, branded now as an adult cartoon show, but clearly is secretly and openly at the same time anything but that. And it's completely targeted at children while it's targeted at adults. So the show is called Praise Pete, or Praise Petey, which I guess might just simply be referencing some unnamed producer who secretly drinks blood of lambs that he stole from a farmer one state away or something, while the voice actors do all of the actor recordings for the show, or they're just simply running out of ideas like they have been for the past 10 years, with remakes that remade the last remakes that remade the original that were better, why these are currently being worse than the last remakes remade before that. Now the opening clip of the trailer shows the main girl replacing that said Satan girl from the other show, talking about one of the other talking to the main male characters from across her at the bar because of course what's more perfect for children than a bar scenario for some reason from the Hollywood Reporter it says quote Freeform has released the first trailer for its new adult animated comedy Praise Petey which follows one modern woman who will manage her deceased father's cult the two minute first look teases New Yorker and it girl Petra aka Petey I guess because Petey and that, that same name, I guess, somehow. Grappling with her life, turning upside down when she must move from her big city life to a place called New Utopia. It's a community her father founded, only it's not like most. Here, everyone is part of a cult. Even worse, they believe Petey is their prophesied savior. Unquote. Later on, it says, state, quote, No more human sacrifice. A Petey dressed in a midsummer-like flower gown tells new Utopia community members, quote, I have a new version for Utopia and it's bright, unquote. But of course not to mention all the actually demonic ritualizing, sacrificing to an all-seeing eye form of worship and pentagrams and literally the whole spew of everything that is of course in between the actual trailer. So if you're not sure what any of this is, what it means and what's supposed to convey to an audience, at the very least if they are all adults with which they're not, they're both adults and children, it can face the worst possible movie idea that has ever been seen alongside of that other satanic show that they released beforehand. And it's completely trying to confuse kids and confuse adults that are most likely atheists or agnostic so that they completely destroy their faith-based upbringing. And really, Disney and its many helpers might just be in the forms of demons themselves as they're producing this but first of all there's a lot of problems with this new show that they're releasing and it's not just simply the whole demon aspect the term new utopia was a term doctrinated by a lot of cults that ended up being self-destructively suicidal such as the people's temple and other ufo cults that told everyone the only way to achieve enlightenment escape heaven or a pure afterlife was suicide, which goes against the thought that God not only made you for a purpose, but also made you to love other people around you and care for them, and live a full and protected life that honors him, which is impossible to do dead, obviously, which is the whole point of this misleading evil doctrine. And cult leaders also further pin the idea in people's heads that government intervention that deemed the cults destructive in their notions to be harmful which of course 
gave them the chance to allow people to be even more so stripped of their thought processes and make them try to live a perfect afterlife by, of course, this whole suicidality. Now, of course, let me get this straight. Your idea is to make a show that toys with the same concepts as literal Satan worshippers, adopts the concepts of most of the occult, or all of it, and adopts the concepts of some of the most fearsome and evil cults that were ever rumored to be real, which most of them were and are, and basically all of the logistics of cults that have nothing to do with a good moral life and have everything to do with nothing but sexual abuse, harmful confusion, and suicidality and then announce it as comedy. That's what you're trying to do? For one, I there's also a hidden reference in here that, of course, Disney and Freeform definitely and hopefully hoped that no one would pick up on. Of course, I'm going to reference it here. That whole thing about the sundress has a meaning behind it. It comes to the history of a cult that was called the Phoenix Goddess Temple of 2013, in which a lady named Tracy Elise was found guilty of literally running a sex brothel as a church group, and there were people involved that obviously were not, you know, obviously weren't of age, which is very, very terrible. Literally, it was under the title of church on the building, and according to Phoenix News Times in 2016, she would have sex with multiple men and other women would also do the same exact thing following her and they would have sex with those other multiple men in what's said to be an ancient said release of their charka energy which of course is a cultist and not christian at all but she's just deeming the title of christianity anyway as all of them do it was also said that there were sexual assaults here in the actual building and when the women didn't want to comply, they were completely shamed at what they were forced to do, which of course is the, is the complete action of an abusive spouse or really an abusive person ever on that type of subject. Yeah, so uh, apparently this is a funny aspect, according to Disney, because they thought nobody would get that reference. But of course, we did. This is outright evil. This is literally the darkest type of stuff that sexually twists people, and Disney makes a ha-ha funny reference with it, with the clothing apparel for a comedy show, quote-unquote, which it's not a comedy show, literally at all. Plus, on top of this, the main stories are more centered in on the fact that the main producers are with Freeform instead of Disney. But of course, if people don't do their research well enough, Freeform and Disney are related. And they both helped each other produce basically whatever they felt like. So Disney is still heavily involved in this. They're essentially attempting to cover their asses to make themselves look like they're not as responsible for this completely demented evil show. This is why children cannot be involved with Disney anymore. If they want to actually develop proper, you know, if they actually want to develop properly. Disney has become a demented demon kingdom that wants to seduce everyone and anything around it. What also doesn't make sense is the fact that everyone in Hollywood that isn't part of the main group of occultists in California, which mind you is most likely a really small amount, 
are saying that this type of stuff is happening, while the occultists themselves are saying that it isn't. Yet they'll voice act and stuff that literally proves that this type of stuff is occurring, and reoccurring, and after that, reoccurring. Knowingly referencing cults, evil, and perversion all the time. If there's any day to stop investing in Disney, now would be the time. Because ever since the early 2000s, Disney has gone to hell, and there's no getting it back. Our only hope is that the mouse house goes bankrupt, and our children are saved as a completed result. Of course it's pretty obvious everyone's got a phone, but of course not everyone has a phone plan and a phone company that actually approves and appreciates them. Charity Mobile, on the other hand, literally having the word charity in the name for good reason, it's not only low priced, much lower than all those other companies, and much better data and services, but they also support conservatives in their fight against left's attacks on you. Charity Mobile donates 10% of their finances to conservative values and causes. And it's completely not a company that secretly hates you behind your back. Start a phone plan for under $30 a month and be a part of the best service in the phone industry. Alright, so this is a very, 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 very hard story. Speaking on cult formations, another cult is just recently and currently in their own uh, very, very terrible dealing with sexual misconduct as multiple art as multiple articles have come out this recent two weeks of a sexual scandal involving and this is extremely extremely horrible but of course it obviously involves people again who are not of age within the Jehovah's Witness community now this is horrific and it's something that is even hard to read and this is just so disturbing so if you want to skip forward to the last story then you should do so now but according to AP News a Pennsylvania jury investigated and again this is very disturbing child sexual abuse in the Jehovah's Witness community and has charged another five people with those charges against minors that are not even close to the age of 18 in the latest developments in an ongoing probe that identified 14 suspects, and I'm just I'm just going to leave it with that type of wording because it's just so horrific. It says, quote, critics say that Jehovah's Witness elders have treated sexual abuse as a sin rather than a crime, documenting complaints and internal, fi internal files but not reporting them to the proper authorities, unquote. Now this is again, and I've said this before, but this is another area in which cults, if you're going to see anything positive about them, you have to see them change this type of aspect. But unfortunately, they're not really going to at all. Because this is truly what makes a cult a cult. That a higher-up leader can just say whatever he feels like, and the hierarchy in the middle can just kind of do whatever they want. That's basically how cults function. In a way we need to remove something in the catholic church and catholics are not going to like that i'm saying this but it is another area that caused the catholic church issues the catholics need to change their approach on the confessional silence or the seal of confession and this was established as 
the Canon 21 of the Fourth Council of the Laterian in 1215, and this states that the priest is under oath to not disclose any part of the confessional to anybody that did not confess under the right of the sacrament. And of course, the biggest problematic issue with, you know, mainly all cases of abuse, harm, humanly evil, and hurt, they're caused by people to other people that sometimes cause harm to others. Say the scenario of an abusive husband harming his wife or two abusive parents harming someone that they adopted. And this raises that red flag that in certain instances in the sacrament, it can easily be an issue where people can, you know, get a license, do whatever they want. Mainly just go to the sacrament, they confess, they say they're sorry, and then they continue to do it. It's basically a problematic sinful desire that pretty much everyone can have if they aren't in full control of their emotions and full control of what they're doing. This certain seal has likely created foul priests as a result because the more you talk about something criminal and walk away without legal action, the more likely you are continuing to do that under the guise of quote-unquote religious life versus ethical God-centered justice. Now the Jehovah's Witness of course won't like this statement either when I'm about to communicate, but it has to be said. Jehovah's Witnesses is a cult, and cults are more susceptible to evil because they're freely molded by imperfection versus godly inspection. And as a result, they do actions more often, and it can be argued to an extent in this way, as institutions with more money are likely to do regardless of what those institutions are. Because they get their money from, you know, one, two, three, maybe four multiple places, they use it for dozens of different reasons, and sometimes it can be institutionalized in the wrong way, and mostly all the secrecy tends to support that. Cults differ from world religion by the means of how many practical perspectives of theology and religiosity they believe and or disagree with. They normally accept what differs from the norm, while world faiths only accept the norm based on world tradition of that said faith. With one example being that Christian Nazarenes believe Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and they're more likely to apply the view that Jesus could not ever have a chance of sinning. While Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe that Jesus Christ was even divine, but was a created being, the first creation of God, which thereby causes him to be ample to sin, in the same way as a normative, you know, in the, in the same way of a normatively bipolar way as normal human beings. That being assigned, cults are more likely to cover up criminal activity sometimes in world religions, unless that said world religion might have some secrecy to it that could potentially look like cultist attributes. The Nazarene church is not secret at all by what they fully state in their biblical doctrine as to what they believe. They have it out in the open all the time. While the Vatican is more secretive, and it can appear as if the entirety of Catholicism is a cult, of course it's not because of the amount of people that religiously believe it, as well as all the connections and basically almost mere imaging of Christianity by design. Now on a lasting importance here, the reality of the issue can be a national issue, or not only can be, but is a national issue, and that's an important thing that's discussed in this article which 100% is a national issue, and it can be the difference between our nation being a nation under God 
or a nation under the devil who is completely, obviously inferior to God. All the surrounding nations did the same thing, and often after wars and battles were fought, or it happens, of course, in the middle of nowhere in everyday places today. Babylon was a big advocator for this practice, as well as other nations that Israel was told directly by God through Moses and the prophets of the Old Testament, of course, not to take part in. This is why we cannot worship the gods of other nations. This is exactly why we cannot be worshiping the God of this world, because he promotes this too and always has. Even though people who promote Satanism as completely fine are either not divulging all of the ethical structure that basically doesn't exist that comes from it, or they're just overlooking it due to their humanly evil. The nation must pray that this Jehovah's Witness organization within this area of Pennsylvania is closed down indefinitely until every single person is in prison who is behind, of course, this horrible situation. And I pray that happens as well. The second you look at statistics for coffee for some reason, which obviously isn't what other people are doing that don't particularly drink coffee, you'll find that almost 80% of people actually do drink coffee in their daily lives, meaning the coffee you choose has an effect on the overall experience and taste of the blend. It can either be a flavorful experience or it can be the bland everyday I don't want to be here on Monday morning type of coffee. If you want it to be the first one, then go with the coffee that I go for which is Black Rifle Coffee. We support our troops and were started by a faith-based ex-Green Beret fighting for our freedom. And you can support our troops as well by purchasing their AK-47 Dark Roast Blend as well as many other flavors. Go online on their website and make your order to kick out that bland everyday coffee Monday and replace it with Black, and replace it with black Rifle Everyday. So before we get into the comments section here, there's an obnoxious story that's been blowing up and it's completely a mixture of uprooting the biblical structure and the wokeifying of Jewish communities on the left. And we've decided, as the small amount of them are, you know, all over the place, to throw away the Old Testament and advocate for the right to abortion in Jewish synagogues. Unquote. Now the Jewish, or not the Jewish Post, now the Jerusalem Post quotes and clarifies their small position on the subject based on the numbers of people that actually support it, that the abortion restriction, quote, violates the Jewish community's religious beliefs, unquote. But really to do that, you have to look at the biblical history and look at what religion they're actually attributing themselves to. And mind you, if you don't already realize what connection I'm making, you will very soon. So discussing the topic first, quote, the abortion debate is often portrayed as a clash between religious beliefs on the pro-life side and secular humanistic con fictions on the pro-choice side. Indeed, lawmakers and activists have often invoked God in enacting state bans on abortion since the Supreme Court in last year's Dobbs decision struck down a woman's right to terminate her pregnancy. Some clergy and faith groups, however, include a number of Jews are pushing back. In efforts to overturn these restrictions, they have been pressing a legal strategy claiming that abortion bans violate their religious liberty. In Kentucky, a case brought by three Jewish women argues that the statutes uh, total uh, near total abortion bans violates their religious beliefs about when life begins and protecting a mother's life. Unquote. Now, first here, regardless as to whether there's a large number or not, 
and the Orthodox Judaism. Uh, just that Orthodox Judaism does not support abortion, and it can't. In fact, how in the world would Judaism support abortion when a large portion of the whole of the or Old Testament does nothing but talk about over 42 generations of genealogy the whole time? That's what it, that, that's literally what it does. It talks about that the entire time when it's not discussing wars and dialogue and narrations and events. That literally, that, that is literally the only other thing almost. The reality is abortion is not only the killing of a child, but it's the removal of genealogy, meaning it's the exact opposite of Old Testament strategy of storytelling. The strongest argument that, say, Orthodox Jews in which this belief system uh, pertains to in their perspective, their only strong argument is their, or in, in their respects, what they can feel is a strong argument, is their unbelief of Jesus to be the Son of God, but it still does not mean that the birth and life and death of Jesus are not significant at the same time, and thus, at the same time as that, life through birth and death have to be important as well, so that completely undermines their argument. In fact, the life of Jesus has constructed Catholic faith, Christianity, and supported Ju Judaism at the very least, as I would argue, since it caused there to be Messianic Jews and the Orthodox Jewish traditional heritage to differ in their view of Christ, instead of just simply being another race. The life of Jesus has formed cults based on how they think Jesus' life, Jesus's life was, of course. We already talked about the Jehovah's Witnesses before, whereas they believed Jesus was not divine and was the Archangel Michael who was a created being. However, in Jamaica, Rastafarianism as well views a certain view of Christ, and we'll get to their cult later on, and their, in a sense, world religion later on, but they have their own perspective of Jesus. And they believe he was the Son of God, but they also believe that he was at the same level of Buddha or Hindu gods, which, which of course is a heresy by Catholic and Christian standards, but it still shows that the life of Jesus, while at the same time of being real, was completely worthwhile. Meaning, again, to reiterate the, the fact that life is worthwhile. Now, on the cause of what I was getting to beforehand, people who actually advocate for abortion are actually advocating for Mala and other deity worship. Leftists don't want to say this, but there's no other way around it. And even in a sense, it's worse than Moloch because you're not even attributing it to religiosity. You're just simply attributing it to killing. On the cause of Molech, children were taken literally from the mothers right after they were born and immediately burned in a constructed furnace that was situated below the statue of the god. Think about how evil that is. I'm not even so sure that Democrats would even advocate for that. You know, unless maybe they would. I, I've never really asked one before. But this literally constructs a positive structure to be completely positive in in, in the light that, or or you know, this is like the second time I've done this, it constructs a negative structure to be positive suddenly and removes a positive structure to be negative suddenly. And of and of course, at this situation, they are literally throwing children 
into a fire pit like charcoal. That's literally what they're doing. That's what this is advocating for. In other cases, there were also extremely sharp weapons that were used for this event. And of course, I've never talked to a Democrat about this before, but I'm not even so sure that they would advocate for that unless you make the connection of abortion tools to be the same tools as this that were used, which might actually make them advocate for it. Now, what do we make note when it comes to both of these examples? Well, clearly, people tend to value their own free will decision of killing someone over the value of what is actually valuable. They pertain to dark and evil versions of Kantian ethics to an extent, even though it's just singularly about them. It's not necessarily about the whole of the community, but it's just simply about themselves living a life separate from their decisions. Now, one take on this event also that is very, very terribly disturbing is found in the book of Seven King, Second Kings 3.27, with King Mesha who worshipped at Moab, the god Shemosh, which is a completely different deity, but they have somewhat related practices. Ritualistically, he ended up stabbing his own son, who at the time would be in between 13 and 15, and he hung him over the wall in order to avert losing a battle against the Israelites. And of course, on top of this practice, all the other bad kings did terrible stuff like that as well enacting those same practices or the practices of Moab as well. And two of them were King Ahaz and the other one, King Manasseh. Although in other parts of first Kings, King Manasseh is looked at in a positive way and there's reasons for that. But technically, as I said before, this is completely worse than a religious aspect that what they're doing. They're completely attaining that, that children do not matter. That is their perspective. That is their belief system. And they legitimately want the family line of actual biblical structure to mirror that. They're completely restructuring every single aspect of the Bible. And of course, up into the end times and into the end times as they are currently here and now, they will continuously just simply try to revert the Bible into something that it obviously is not. And we can only hope that that goes a little bit slower so as to save child's lives. Now for the comment section, Banana Man says, what, Banana Man? Banana Man says, you know, there was literally a cult about coconuts. Yeah, so he's talking about the cult formed by uh, a man who was a German philosopher, kind of blanking on his name, but we'll get into that cult a bit later. But essentially, the whole theology was wrapped around the basis of thinking coconuts were the purest form of nutrition, which of course they're not, in order to balance the life force of his followers and he was also a nudist, which uh, I don't really know what that tells you. Basically, I guess it tells you not to be a nudist. But he basically led people to not get enough nourishment. And pretty much quite a few people died as a result. And it's kind of similar to the whole 
Kenyon cult that we talked about a number of weeks ago that's actually been currently going on. It's kind of the same idea, but it's a different type of philosophy used by evil. Writer's Block says, why is it that sometimes your content is completely political and sometimes it's only historical? Seems like someone is getting scared of getting canceled. Yeah, no, actually, I'm afraid of absolutely nothing. I'm not afraid of getting canceled. It's just that sometimes politics are not as heavily involved in cults particularly. Sometimes cults just go in the background and sometimes cults hate government. So then politics aren't really as aligned. But, you know, if people try to cancel me, it'll actually make me more popular because there's already a couple thousand that listen to my show and if people try to get me canceled, then, you know, all I have to do is talk to the Daily Wire and then boom, 50 million, I guess. But if you don't, if you, if you don't like my show, you probably don't want to try that. Not that that's what you're trying to do, but anyway. Then the man says, when you going to do AV? First of all, that was a fragmented sentence. But second of all, yeah, I'm joining Twitch hopefully next month and will do the recorded streams of the Cult Exclusive in August on Twitch. So watch for that. I'll drop the link on Twitter and Instagram next month, hopefully. I don't have a lot of AV production, but I do have a phone and phone stand, so I'll make it work. I also have a number of friends who will be joining the show with a bunch of cool different perspectives and a decent effort quite a decent amount of episodes, hopefully. So look forward to that this coming month. Uh, last but not least, not really agnostic, but kind of, says, come on, bro, how will Praise PD have that much of a negative effect? I've played Mortal Kombat every day for like eight hours when I have the time, and it hasn't made me want to cause a fatality. Paraphrasing combat moves from the game. Yes, yeah, so I'm aware of Mortal Kombat games and the trilogy. Is it a trilogy? I think they have like... Uh, no, there's 11. Never mind. Very much so not a trilogy. But actually, yeah, there's like a hundred of those games. Anyway, yeah, well, it is negative because you're opening the door to evil. Whenever you open the door to evil willingly, that, in a sense, willingly gives evil power over your life. And if you give evil power over your life, then evil could potentially gain power over other people's lives, particularly those, you know, people who are younger, which of course, as I said before, is what Disney is doing. So in a sense, that's, that's their whole mission, destroy the children and destroy adults. That's, that's basically their whole idea here. So yeah, I am fully aware of, you know, those studies that say people don't want to, you know, shoot places up because they play Call of Duty. I'm, to I'm totally aware of that. But occult ritualism is different because it's actually real. And I don't know if you're an atheist or not, but you quickly would not be an atheist after, you know, and I'm, and I'm not saying to do this, never saying to do this, but if someone actually practices the real thing, they'll see that it actually is real. And of course, that's what all the evil wants you to do, so 100% don't do that. But the main point is that ethics in general are either good or evil. And as a result, evil has to exist. And as a result, this terrible show should never see the light of day. 
And that will do it for the show today. Thanks for listening. Looking, Look forward for that link on Twitch in August. Have a great day. It's the Cult Exclusive. Looking forward to another episode next week. Bye now.